Palms are not in this morning's reading. Did you notice? No palms. No broken boughs from near trees. No hosannas, not officially. Rather, we have a crowd of disciples throwing down their cloaks on the ground for a colt to step on. Welcome to Cloak Sunday. <laughs> Next year, please bring your favorite jacket and we'll let the kids trample on them. No? Or maybe that's just another day in your house? Next year. Next year, Cloak Sunday. But it doesn't really have the right ring to it, does it? Or perhaps it's precisely because most of us don't cherish our coats the way an ancient, impoverished person might. But can you imagine a situation where you were so overwhelmed with excitement and humility that you would take your prized protective garment, object, bank card, and throw it on the ground in deference to God? It's a difficult thing for me to imagine such a scene. Cloaks in our story this morning held high value. A person probably only had one, and they needed it. Nevertheless, the crowd of disciples spread their cloaks along the road. The garments created a poor man's red carpet for their incoming king. They were that excited. They were that humble. Their time had come. This is their savior. Their sincere shouts of triumph ring out as they praise God for the new king in their midst. And sitting upon a colt, Jesus rides into town. The colt is no warhorse like those of conquering kings and emperors that had ridden into Jerusalem in Roman-sanctioned parades. In this respect, the colt is very humbling. However, this parade also echoes back to biblical stories and prophecies of kings coming on donkeys and mules. The revered King David rode a mule and then sent it to his successor, Solomon, as an act of secession. The crowd recognizes and reenacts the biblical symbolism. That's why they throw their coats. They've spent generations waiting for the Messiah, and here he is in the flesh. We know that the palm-waving, uh, cloak-throwing people rightly see triumph in Jesus. And we know that they don't quite understand what all is happening next. Again. Still. The crowd's vision includes immediate, sweeping, social, and political change. That's what kings on earth do. Truly, the idea of a king that topples regimes and rights all wrongs is certainly one that many of us could and can hold dear. God, be thou that vision. We've been singing and reading and saying, be thou my vision, for five weeks now. Perhaps you, like me, are a bit tired about asking God to be thou my vision. I'd like to ask God, be thou my action. It feels a bit more proactive and practical. Perhaps, be thou a swift kick in my rear when I need it. <laughs> or, I would also appreciate God a be thou more recognizable in a few choice people and sort situations in our world. Today, as we begin Holy Week, one of two visions easily catches our spirits. We can become lost in the drama and pain of the betrayal and crucifixion, forgetting that Easter is coming. 
or the opposite can be true. We can stay in the soaring ecstasy today and put on blinders until next week's trumpets sound, forgetting that the resurrection presupposes death. Neither vision seems to mesh with the Palm Sunday's crowd's joyful expectations. But our vision is to be thou's, God's. And that vision may surprise us. It's easy to be swept away with the crowd's vision and forget that as Jesus rides into a volatile Jerusalem, what's past is prologue. The crowd proclaims Jesus' deeds of power and seems to forget that these deeds are of hope and healing, not political or military might. He challenged the status quo. Yes, he challenged the way people interacted with each other. People changed. Communities changed. People and communities changed today in his name. But not by force of will, not by force of strength. Quite the opposite. Jesus made himself vulnerable in his interactions with the world's outsiders. His ministry was directed toward the weak, the outcast, the poor. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, cast out demons, fed the 5,000, healed Jairus' daughter, calmed a terrible sea storm, healed hope, brought peace, justice, action. And yes, Jesus has done some amazing things, but these disciples, even this crowd, who've symbolically thrown down their lives in the dirt for Jesus so that he can, in, can enter triumphantly, even this crowd has the right message and somehow not quite the right vision of what's to come next. This might be the hardest part for many of us. We don't know what's coming next in our lives either. When our weeks look as fraught as the stories of this Holy Week, it is easy to see why people might keep their coats on. But we do know the rest of the story. We know the greater vision that our God shares with us, that Jesus enacts with his ministry, and that we continue with the Spirit's power. Frederick Buechner puts it well. He reminds us that scripture says, God shall judge between the nations and shall decide for many peoples, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. That is our Palm Sunday hope, and it is our only hope. That is what the palms and the shoutings are all about. That is what all our singing and worshiping and preaching and praying are all about, if they are about anything that matters. The hope that finally, by the grace of God, the impossible will happen. The hope that Pilate will take Jesus by one hand and Caiaphas, the high priest, by the other, and the Roman soldiers will turn down their spears and the Sanhedrin will bow their heads. The hope that by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the love of Christ, who is Lord of the impossible, the leaders of the enemy nations will draw back while there is still time for drawing back from a vision too terrible to name. The hope that you and I also, each in our puny but crucial ways, will work and witness and pray 
for the things that make for peace, true peace, both in our own lives and in the life of this land. Buechner says it well, for this is a vision, a hope, well worth our little palms, our singing and processing and dancing, our love and our actions. For not even death can prevail against this, our King, and the mystery and majesty of his love. Not today, not this week, not ever. This is certainly worth celebrating with all of our being, during all of life's ups and downs. Be thou our vision, O Lord of our hearts. And as the hymn concludes, heart of our own heart, whatever befall, still be our vision, O ruler of all. Blessed be those who wave palms and throw cloaks this Sunday, and blessed be the one in whose name we follow. Amen. <laughs>